Welcome back to Podcast Recovery, everyone. We're your hosts, David O. Allie B. And as always, our producer, Eric V. Behind yep, yep. the curtain. Wow. He's our ghost. That was aggressive. That was aggressive. That was too much. Tone it back. Less, <laughs> yeah. less coffee for That's you, Eric. so much for me, right? All right. Today, we're joined by our very special guest, Brian. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, good, man. Uh, where are you from? Um, I grew up in Howard County, Maryland, and I currently reside in Baltimore, Maryland, Northeast. Where in Howard County? Yeah. Uh, well, it was called Jessup, so it was like fake okay. Columbia, Palmer House in Guilford, Huntington East, represent. I, yeah. So I did you go you. to Hammond? Yes, I did. The Zoo 132. Let's go. Wait, Jessup's in Open Howard Hills. County? Yeah. Yeah, huh. it's like part Howard, part Anne I was on the Howard County side. Yeah. Laurels yeah. in three different counties. Four. Yeah. Laurels four. Is Wait, what are the yeah. counties? Same with Mount Airy. Howard County, Montgomery, PG, um, and Anne Arundel. And Anne Arundel. Oh, that makes sense. And then so Mount Airy is Laurel. also in four counties, which is weird. What? Yeah. Frederick, Carroll, Howard, Howard County, and Montgomery. And Montgomery. There's a in Howard Carroll. Howard County, Carroll. No, no, no. There's a Howard County, Mount Airy. Mount Airy, yeah, but no. that's Carroll County to me. Like, how is that possible? Well, I guess they're right next to each other. Howard so County is very weird. Anyway. Yeah, Howard County is very weird. Uh, I didn't know you were from Howard County. Yeah. Yes. What year did you graduate? I didn't graduate. What year would have you? 2002. Oh, okay. Ah, hell yeah. Shout out to class of 2002. Let's go. There. I got my GED. All right, you are the smart. I'm the youngest person here. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> You're 06, right? How are you? Mm-hmm. 05. Yes, Eric. 06. I'm 06. Okay. Because yeah. you guys always think I'm the same age as you, but I'm not. I do. It's because you're so wise. Yeah, you are very <laughs> wise. Old <laughs> All right. Uh, when were you first introduced to recovery? Very young age. Uh, I believe maybe 16 or 17. I actually spent my senior year instead of I spent my senior year in high school in a rehab. Okay. It yeah. was it was awful. Yeah. Like one of those, like uh, it was like, called Lois E. Jackson Unit in uh, Cumberland, Maryland. It was yeah. attached to another unit, which was for adults. Oh, so while shit, my dude. friends were uh, preparing for graduation, I was spending my senior year in rehab because I couldn't stop using drugs. Oof. It was awful. So it wasn't one of those crazy ones where they threw you in the woods. You yeah, were just like kind of no, like, no. It wasn't yeah. like a camp. Okay, you were just locked. It was up a two-month program, though. I'm, I'm, I'll never forget it. It was awful. Oh man! And how long have you been clean? I just celebrated 10 years. Fantastic, man. All right. No holidays, no weekends. (laughs) (laughs) And with all that out of the way, I'm going to turn it over to you, share your story with us. Take it away, Brian. Um, Thank you. And thank you guys for asking me to do this. My name is Brian. I'm an uh, addict in recovery. I just celebrated 10 years clean, uninterrupted. Um, Being here with you guys has been pretty cool. We're talking about, like, you know, Howard County. I actually tried to get clean in this area, Catonsville. And, uh, I was literally the guy that you would just bet people literally would bet that I was just not going to make it or do well. And, uh, thank God that that is not the truth. And, uh, I am truly grateful to really like being here is kind of bring stirring up some old feelings and like seeing Allie, like I have, I've, haven't seen you guys in uh, years Mm -hmm. so it brings up all and we were talking about like um, my old sponsee brother Matt and how he's celebrating 15 years and it just brings back all these feelings and uh, uh, it just puts things in perspective like how grateful I truly am to be clean yeah man Um, so my story you guys asked where I'm from I grew up uh, actually in Laurel Maryland and then 
my sister went to Mead High School, which was like a really bad school at the time. Yeah. So my parents like tried to, you know, my parents were very always wanted best what was best for me. Mm-hmm. So they moved to Howard County. And what I can remember was moving from Howard County. I mean, moving from Laurel mm-hmm. to fake Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> and I can remember the best way I could describe it is what I would call like imposter syndrome because I didn't really fit in oh, with dude. these neighbors. These kids I, were cool. You know, they like welcomed exactly me to the neighborhood. About. They were bringing the cookies to the house. Yeah. And I grew up in Maryland City where, I mean, yeah. it, it was just like different a whole vibe. yeah, a whole different thing. Dude, and I, I, I was the poor kid on my street. In yeah. Like I was having like the power shut off and all yeah. that shit. And I'd have to go stay at friends' houses because we didn't have power and like – so, yeah, I'm like the new guy on the block mm-hmm. and they're welcoming. It was cool when they're like rollerblading and yeah. playing hockey. And I just never felt like I fit in. And then huh. going to the school and like it was just like this really weird thing. I just never like it was so weird. Like I never grew up in a drug house or like uh, uh, my parents were married. And like I just felt like I never fit in. And being short never, <laughs> never helped. Yeah. You know what I mean. So oh, yeah. how I adapted was being the class clown, mm-hmm. and uh, not. And then to backtrack, I also um my first interest in drugs was like when the Dare program came to school. Oh yeah, they oh, yeah. opened up this three dimensional pro uh, board <laughs> with mm-hmm. and literally had like these little cutouts of all these different products, and I was literally. <laughs> I was literally You're like taking notes, like yeah, studying. Like, okay. I, I was. I, I was literally that's expressing a, interest in what jobs I want to do. I was like, it, it was like a candy. Uh, yeah. They yeah. display it like a candy uh, menu. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like, so when when we found the pack of Marlboro Reds, oh yeah, it was like no question what we're doing. We have to find a way to light these things yeah. and like riding bikes and smoking Marlboro Reds. Yes. <laughs> Was everyone's first cigarette a Marlboro Red? No, it was mine. It was a Camel or a Marlboro? (laughs) Mine was a Camel Gold. Mine was a Carlton. What the fuck is a Carlton? My mom smoked Carltons. They don't even even make them anymore. It's like a Benson and Hedges of the day. I actually smoked Benson and Hedges. Of course you did. Is that the skinny? Yeah. I tried to smoke Benson and Hedges for a while. because you were a total trash. No, Benson and Hedges, they're like a little bit more expensive than other cigarettes. Yeah, it was like a step above a Newport, right? Just to, Brad smokes Benson and Hedges from time to time. Does he really? I'm going to have to remember that. Yeah, I smoked them for like two years it's anyway that, yeah. But yeah once i was able to get marlboro reds then i then i knew i was cool that yeah. was it once right. you do that fucking yeah. dino it's, fucking i had the dino fuck. i had the right. dino hell yeah i had the dino what was it the raptor i don't care <laughs> yeah. remember mm-hmm. had to have the pegs mm-hmm. but so yeah whatever just i'm not gonna the whole story was this like then i make it to so i always was an honor roll and gt student I started when I was 11 and then it just, it was slow progression, but you know, whatever. So I get to high school and I was in all these honor roll and GT classes. I was being enlisted by Hammond at the time was a big wrestling school. So mm-hmm. it was like the number one or oh, num- yeah. number one, number two wrestling team in the whole um, country. Yeah. One of the best oh, yeah. wrestling. They were winning national And they were, so because they of my job. size, they wanted, they had an interest in me because believe it or not, wrestlers are always looking for the smaller guys. So yeah. for, yeah. for weight yep. class yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like the one. So they're like trying to recruit me 
And long story short, I just felt like, again, back to when I moved to Howard County, I'm in high school now, this is years later, and I felt like I didn't belong. I mean, I was in these GT classes, the only reason I was in them is because I made grades, but I was like completely overwhelmed and I never felt like I fit in with any of the people I was always around. Mm -hmm. So what I found myself doing was I found myself hanging out in the woods and I felt like I belonged with those people, not the wrestlers and not the the people making grades. So I literally abandoned all, I had this great opportunity in life. Dude, the wrestlers would like they would fucking drink. Yeah, and, and listen, I Mills, never I didn't drink, make it that dude. far to find out. Yeah. And the truth is is like they would have been my people too. I just didn't give any of it a fair shot. Mm-hmm. So I found myself more comfortable hanging out in the fucking woods yeah. and literally then the woods turn into West Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And that's the pretty much long story is like, it starts, it started ditching class and it ended up in West Baltimore mm-hmm. and you can fill in all the blanks in between mm-hmm. jails, institutions, near death experiences in and out of uh, rehabs. Um, uh, you asked about my introduction, got introduced to NA at a very young age when I was a teenager because of the unmanageability. Like even before I picked up any real drugs, as you would say, they would say, Brian, if you don't stop smoking weed and drinking, we're going to violate your juvenile probation and you're literally going to spend your rest until you're 21 yeah. years old. You're going to be in a camp. When, like when did you first get arrested? My first arrest was. 14 oh, oh my man. god really my first yeah. arrest was actually uh i can't remember but it was i was a teenager i got yeah. arrested at high school one time for hitting the uh fedex man with the i, I hit the i got enough <laughs> i i got in an argument with my girlfriend and uh instead of you know i went outside and saw the fedex man and I, you hit, took I, rage out on I him. just took a piece yeah. of, I hit him with, <laughs> I hit him with a piece of ice. Yeah. You know what, though? Fuck FedEx. Fuck, fuck see, FedEx. Yeah, yeah they hung the up on me twice yesterday. Packages. The bitch wouldn't even drive up my fucking driveway yeah, he to deliver. Had like, fuck like that like, dude. Like, yeah, yeah fuck him. Fuck it's him. so embarrassing. Like, I hit this guy who was doing his job with a piece of ice. Yeah. And he literally, so what happened was he chased me into the school and then attacked me so he's getting in trouble for attacking me yeah but the whole time i was like he was minding his business i he wasn't even looking i just hit him and it's it's funny but i also talking about howard county so not that long ago i was in a couple or maybe it was a year ago whatever I went into my old neighborhood where mm-hmm. this beautiful neighborhood in Huntington East in Howard yeah. County. I know and exactly what I'm you're sitting about, in the bro. neighborhood and I literally, it made me feel so awful because I literally thought about all of the things I had done, all the neighborhood burglaries and oh, stealing yeah. things yeah. out of the same person's car and all the terrorism. I literally, terrorism. Dude, 100%. Hitting people's cars, right setting things on fire. Yeah. Like it's literally I was em- a little domestic terrorist. It's funny, yeah. but it's literally embarrassing because it's like, what the fuck was so wrong? There's literally nothing wrong with me enough to be doing all this shit. You want to, you want to hear something fucked up? My, my sponsor is like, come back. He was like, so when you grow older and that shit happens to you, you, you're it's not so even true. allowed to get mad. I do. You just have to fucking take it because I take that's it. the car. You're right. Back I know. I it's like Herb. Herb's <laughs> amazing. It's the truth, and to be like fa- somebody's gonna pee in your mailbox, David, and they're gonna gotta, take it down with like, that. Fuck. And to be fair, it's like I haven't even had what's happened to me. Yeah, as nearly 
no. tenfold. So uh, you're so right. Like if thank God for TikTok, the kids are distracted. Uh, <laughs> but it, it literally TikTok to fuck with it, it literally is embarrassing, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm serious. I, I felt really bad, like sitting in my own neighborhood. It really made me feel awful. Like, and I've done a lot of work, so I don't carry like a lot of guilt and shame. But there are certain it things, you know, you yeah. you think about some yeah. things yeah. like yeah. what the f- it makes you question what the fuck was That's seriously wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Sorry yeah. if I'm cussing on no, that. No, no, nope, you can cuss. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, my recovery journey. Oh, there's so many things I could tell you, but like basically, I was introduced and then I was in and out and uh, I just couldn't get it. I did the one, two, three shuffle, start doing work. You know, what I like to say, and I hope this can help somebody, is like a lot of like humans, we like to start things and we don't like to finish them. I have, I still have a long list of things that I've started and never finished. So what I think happens for a lot of people embarking on this recovery journey is like we start doing the work, you know, with the sponsor and working steps. And then you really don't get the results that you thought you would get. Mm or it's not happening as fast as you want and things aren't happening the way that you want them to. Mm -hmm. So we embark on this journey and then we find out it's a spiritual journey and it's like, well, I don't really want to do it. So what I would do is I would start doing the work, but come to find out when things started getting weird in the fourth step, I would get very, I I was like really good at just aborting, starting and not finishing and it would cause me to just go in and out. So... One thing I would like to um, challenge anybody listening is like, if you, my, one of my suggestions is like, if you're going to start something, remember why you started and like finish it because we're really good at starting things and not finishing it, whether it be a college uh, dream or 12 steps. It's oh, like, yeah. there's 12 steps, not three. You got to do all the work on 12, you know? Um, and that's what it took for me to finally get clean was to stay clean was Mm -hmm. like to actually finish what I started. And I still start things and don't finish them. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I have a list of things I need to, you know, that I've started and not finished. Dads are 100% notorious for that. Yeah. So, But you have finished your steps, Brian, right? What's that? You've you've finished your steps. I have worked all 12 steps. Don't. I I knew exactly what you were doing right there. (laughs) (laughs) What was I doing? I don't play fucking coy, motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, I'm look, on eleven, okay? It it's not oh, a race. Oh, you're getting caught. Let's that go. That's what, that hundred percent. That's what the shade was. He was throwing shade at me. <laughs> I I picked up on that. Uh, yeah. I got you. I did not. Oh, did you that finish your twelve? Oh, good for you. Hey, I mean, you that's guys, really important in recovery. <laughs> Listen, you guys we had are, the same. We were in the same sponsorship family. That shit's like super. No, like, you you finish your steps in that sponsorship. Hey, you guys are bringing up a good point. It's like you can. Ask somebody what how many years they got clean, and, and whatever year them. they got is what step they're on. So it's yeah. like I, I personally think that you know they say in AA they work them too fast. Me, this is just me personally. I think in NA we're working them too slow, and yeah. I'm talking about yeah. me. Step a year yeah. stuff. It's like they got just some of these guys are like, let's all yeah marinate on your, your <gasps> marinate on your six step for a for a year, Dear and it's kind of like yeah like. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, if you have cancer, all these, yeah, let's like slow down defects. your cancer treatment. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is weird. I I personally think we, and I say we because I'm talking about me. Yeah, like we need to do more step work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my sponsor yeah. hasn't held me back. I have 100. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've worked uh, all 12 twice, and like I even did uh, like a. Okay. And how much time do you have? Uh, 12 years. Exactly. So, so I'm just kind of on the same uh, trail, but I'm like, I should be doing this like one, at least once a week, like once a month, something more regularly. 
<laughs> I just hear David like, well, like, I'm sorry. Don't project your lack of working steps on me. No, right? I know. Jesus. No, Look, my ass was right. on fire though when I came. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I had to work steps because I was like, I'm either going to work steps or I'm going to fucking die. Like yeah. that was my two options. And, what's, yeah. I, and what's, that's what I did. What's crazy for me, Hoppy, my grand sponsor, he worked his 12 steps in 72 hours and he has 24 years, so you never right. know. Like, so, yeah. you never wow. Know. Okay. So yeah, you saw some. He he was AA. Yeah. But microwave um, steps. My- hey, <laughs> hey, you know what though? That's why Insta- we. That's why, <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we work them over and over, yeah. like because the first. Let, let's be honest. The first round, you're just scratching the surface. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you're just you're things like, change. You can't even too, read your own right? body. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's like an outer body experience, and then when we do them again, it's like um like a deeper yeah i don't even know it's not about drugs also because it's like wait a minute i still do this shit. we were talking about (laughs) setting things on fire and it had all that stuff i was talking about has nothing to do with drugs it's like wait a minute why were you burglarizing people's homes i wasn't even doing drugs then yeah like it's weird yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's more than the drugs it is and also like once you once you uh start sponsoring people you still are working the steps it's just from a completely different angle like because yeah. yeah. oh, he, yeah. went, he sure. went through the 12 with herb again like yeah. is it that necessarily he's doing it no but it's a totally new perspective because he's guiding somebody else through it now which I've is been, the whole point of it i've been doing step work with a sponsee and been like oh my god like i never fucking thought of that yeah, like, you it's you a totally pick, yeah, different you perspective yeah. Yeah. the good news is about the whole thing is there's it's not a one size fits all program. It's, yeah, I think one size fits most. Yeah, like, but there really isn't any wrong. Like the stuff that I do now to stay clean probably won't work for somebody that's like you said coming in and they're just yeah. on yeah. fire. Like, and it might yeah. not even work for you three years from now. Exactly, it's exactly. only you gotta adapt and change yeah. always. Yeah, yeah, 100%. and do what's best for you because as we stay clean, like our lives do change. Yeah. And, oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Well, I definitely Wait, have some questions. Wait, was that it? That was well, that no, I mean, yeah. so Keep just going. to recap, yeah. I'll just wrap it up with like, I mean, my story, you guys know the story. I started young. I, I couldn't. I. So wait, what 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 event precipitated you going to uh, rehab for your senior year? Great question. I was, uh, because I was on um, juvenile probation, mm-hmm. I kept, they, I literally, this is how my, this is how I'm different from some people. A normal person, they say, Brian, if you don't stop smoking weed, I, the pot, you're gonna, yeah. you're, you know, if you don't stop the smoking the reefer, smoking dope. We're gonna yeah. send you to. Smoking, my parents always call yeah, it dope. We're too. gonna send yeah. you to the camp. Yeah, and you're gonna be doing push-ups till you're 21. And for me, like, I literally couldn't stop. Yeah. I had consequences I was facing that were pretty serious for being that age, mm-hmm. and I couldn't, for the life of me, stop. So that's how I, it was an alternative to going to another alternative, which was yeah, juvenile juvie. detention. Yeah, juvie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, my parents would always, you're going to go to juvie. And it's like, what? I don't, all right, whatever. So somewhere along the line, I got the sponsor. I ended up in Catonsville. And there's just so many things I could tell you guys, but I just, it's a whole thing. Um, I, I don't know. And then I did give this a fair shot. I got the sponsor. I was mm-hmm. working the steps, but I was treating the steps like homework. And it's not, you know, I was answering the questions in the step working guide and then I would start four and then I would use. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it took for me to get clean, you know, had all these consequences and they were never enough. But just to speed it up, I was no longer in the program. Um, and my 
I was actually in a program called BBH, one of my many visits. Oh, the, the lovely Baltimore, BBH. It was Baltimore Behavioral Health, oh, West Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was like, the, that's the, the end trenches. of the road. It's the <laughs> yeah. end of the road by the railroad. It's like yeah. the last stop before uh, you die or yeah, get basically. your shit together. It was awful. Yeah. I don't even think it still exists. It was a big scam. I think it does. They under, just rebranded. <laughs> under a new, manage, under yeah. new ownership. Yeah. So they a bunch of other scammers run yeah. it now. <laughs> hey, but whatever. Some people, I think, do get their help there wherever you got to get it. But, yeah. you know, just to speed my story up, I was in this BBA. And this is like, this is a whole, there's years of all these stories. Like, I've done, you know, in and out of jail, you know, Baltimore City bookings, detention center, Howard County Detention Center, Snow Hill. Just, I was getting, I just actually got my record expunged. I was arrested over 14 times. I had a felony. Yeah, I had my apartment raided. I've had my mom's yeah. house raided. I mean, I could just tell you guys all the stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys, you know. Oh, yeah, we know. Yeah. I smoked Tales crack on my 18th time. birthday. I hated it and couldn't stop smoking it for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. um, my girlfriend, um, rest in peace, Nicole. Like, I had this girlfriend who actually passed at the age of 22. Mm. Everybody thought I got her on the shit, and I'm not saying she got me on the shit, but her and my other friend said, put your arm out. I put my arm out, you know. I don't even – I used to – if I saw a needle, I would literally pass out. And they said, put your arm out. This is the way to do it. So that's – I literally put my arm out. That was it. And then just, this, you know, in and out of the jails, institutions, shoemaker, Turk house, all anything you could think of. Never made it to Father Martin Ashley or anything like that. Um, I made it there. You did. Place. Lucky oh, you. Lucky I you. actually went yeah. there. So let yeah. me tell you that's, how the insanity is. Me. I went to Father Martin Ashley years ago to speak. And I literally wanted, and I was clean for years. Oh, and I literally sick. wanted to check in. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I need a break from life. Can I like just come in here and like, where's the juice bar? And like, oh, get me some there food. Is, there is Wait, a juice can that bar. be a thing? Yeah. Like for adults. Yeah, like, can so, I take a break yeah, can, from this shit? Yeah. yeah. What did they used to call it something back in the day, right? Is, I mean, well, women used to get it because they would go hysterical. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Wellville. There's a movie like Wellville. Oh we should make God, that a that should, Yeah, that's a great business model. It like, is. If you need a break from everything, yeah. are come you about here. to lose Gosh. your shit? Yeah, it's called a retreat. They do right? have them. Yeah, they're they called retreats. Yeah, they're, they're real. <laughs> oh you can God. go on yeah, retreats. But we could we could They'd model like, it uh, as like a, a bit, yeah, like a big big building. Like <laughs> yeah. yo, you can escape. Yeah, it's life. like rehab. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rehab yeah. for recovery. Yeah, it's re it, well, it's just rehab for life. Yeah, like mental mental break. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Shepherd. Do you hate your? fucking job yeah. and you want to punch your husband in the face 24 7 we have a place for you yeah. yeah i literally felt like that i was like i would like to just Come stay spend here 2018 no it's not this. that crazy i mean like it's nice I, and like you've been institutionalized like, yeah I, I was institutionalized to a certain extent like there is a nice there's a nice feeling to not have to worry about it. Glad to know I'm not alone. Days, right? yeah. Like it's that's like you're like, gonna feed me, you're gonna like tell relief. me where to go. That's a good like, thing about you know? like being an addict is like if like we do get that break. Obviously it's from drugs and alcohol and yeah. like our right. us completely destroying our lives. But like most people just don't have that and yeah, well, we you can go to a meeting. We can go to a meeting. Yeah. We can come talk on a podcast. Like we have people to relate to and other people just shit. don't. Like, and what's I mean, so wild is I just shared that and come to find out I'm not alone. Yeah. Like, who thinks like that? Not obviously, not just me. No. Yeah. No. 
I think that sometimes I'm like, I'm just like, fuck this. I don't, is, is this what we're going to do for the next 40 years? This, yeah. Can I, yeah, take, because, can I take a month off like this? Or <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, you know, using drugs is hard, but like living life on life's terms without the use of drugs is hard. Yeah. But that's why I always tell people, like I talked to my sister um, and she's like, you know, I haven't seen her probably in 10 years. She's mm-hmm. never even met my daughters cause she's caught up in active addiction. Mm. And what's wild is like, I was like, Kelly, my life, she was expressing to me how hard everything is. I'm like, Kelly, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. Your yeah. life is hard and my life is really hard. And mm-hmm. But I said, but no offense, my life is better than yours. Like your life sucks. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you choose this hard? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I was like telling her this because she's like, selling me on like why she can't. She's too old to figure this shit out. And I'm like, Kelly, <laughs> I get it. It sucks. It's hard. But like mm-hmm. everything is hard. Yeah. It's yeah. as hard as you well, make yeah. it and it's life is hard with or without drugs. Yeah. yeah. So just to speed it up again, sorry, I know we're talking about so many things, but like my recovery process hasn't been pink cloud. I like literally what it took for me to finally surrender was I did some work. I met some people along the way. I really did get dialed into this program. I knew where all the meetings were. Now I've done, you know, I've been to all the meetings and I had enough people and met enough a lot i'm you know god probably uh, i really believe in the higher power like i used to hear people like god's grace and his mercy and i would be like so turned off by that but Mm -hmm. i really truly believe what it took for me was like a divine intervention and every all the people including you guys that i've met along the way were all the pieces along the way and all these people always wanted what was best for me and you know my what it took for me to finally surrender was i knew enough and I like um, found out I was having a kid. I only had 180 days clean. And the woman, the my kid's mom at the time was like, Brian, if you don't stop using, you'll never see this kid. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this kid. You'll never see it. And I swear when she said that, it was like a relief to me because I didn't even know how to take care of myself. How was I going to be a father to this kid, right? Mm-hmm. And like, it was like this relief. I'm like, all right, cool. I can continue to do what I know how to do, which is use. But because of the work that I had done with a sponsor along the way and knowing that other people were living a better life and dealing. Oh, before that, I had gone to my dad's funeral. Um, and what was so cool about nothing was cool about it. But when he died, um, even though I was not actively working a program, my sponsor, Tim and Matt, and I think maybe somebody else, they showed up to my dad's funeral unannounced. Mm. And what was so powerful about it was they were not um, preaching. They were not trying to drag me back to NA. They weren't telling me what to do, but they were carrying the 12th step by being there to let me know that they were there for me. Mm -hmm. And they didn't say one thing to me about coming back. And that was like so powerful. Like I, and then I knew after my dad died, I I like basically um, tried to get clean one more time. And that's when I found out and I put together a hundred. It was like one of the hardest detoxes I ever went through talking about like shepherd. I ended up like trying to check myself into a mental institution because I couldn't sleep for probably it was like nine weeks of no sleep. So I started literally going crazy. Um, Finally got relief and like, you know, did started doing all the meat hundred. I was in Northeast Baltimore. 
I never knew. I thought uh, Baltimore ended at North Avenue, so I had no idea what, like, <laughs> North, Northeast yeah. Baltimore. What is this fucking place? So I, Oh, the misery uh, continues. Like, yeah, right. like, this is like, it's like, wow, Baltimore's way bigger than I thought. Yeah. I, I thought I was it's in It's not the, just these three blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's more than, than Pratt and Monroe. Yeah, it's more than Pratt and Monroe. Like, Northern, I thought literally North Avenue, I thought that's where Baltimore ended, right? Yeah. And I'm, like, so confused. I'm seeing all these cop cars, and I'm like, what the f- I'm like, there's city cops in the county. This is so weird. <laughs> so I then, you know, I found out I have 180 days clean. I find out I'm having a child with a girl, with a woman. And um, I was like, well, you know, I got to use like, I got to right. use. I, I, I have a, uh, I, fi- I figured I would try to use before she came, whatever. So I couldn't. So I start using. I couldn't stop. She find the kid's mom finds out. She's not born yet. She hits me with the ultimatum. And that ultimatum at the time sounded really good. It was just giving me an out on life mm. to not be accountable, not be responsible. That's how warped our thinking is. Yeah, like, like, you're good. like I, this is yeah. like, hey, this is your shot. It's like, yeah, to give the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Deuces. Yeah. Like, and like This is my out. Yeah, that's yeah. how our brains fucking work. Yeah. She gave me the out and I was relieved. And I was like, Yeah, because I, I can't take care of my I don't even think I had a car. Yeah. I, how am I going to take care of a kid? I don't even have a car. I don't even know how to stay clean. I don't mm-hmm. I, like all the disease. I was still sick, very sick. But I also had done some work and like I had already dealt with the guilt and shame of not being able to speak at my own father's funeral because I had nothing to say. They were like, Brian, you're going to speak. Your dad just died. You got something to say. And I literally had nothing to say at my own father's funeral because of all the years of active addiction and uh, guilt and shame. Like I just sat there and I just cried and I cried and I cried. And I literally didn't even talk at my own dad's funeral because he was a Vietnam veteran, career man, good dad, awesome dude. Like, it was wild. Like I literally couldn't even speak. I I was uh, 103 pounds. Um, Matt and Tim were there. Thank God. Like barely, I was barely holding up. Um, you know, and then flash forward, I find out I'm having a kid, um, start using, but because of some of the work and the people like Tim and Matt and other people I met along the way, there was this voice and it was like, dude, you don't really want to do this. And Mm -hmm. I literally was like, I didn't want to get clean, stay clean, but I didn't want to, I was in that space of like, just not knowing anything. And Mm -hmm. I literally was like, dude, I got to get this. And, um, you got to do something. Yeah. I have to do something. Like I don't, I, I wasn't ready to just completely give up and just to speed it up. Like I end up giving just one more shot. Tim at the time was still my sponsor. And, my wisdom teeth were coming out. I managed to get like uh, 90 days clean and then I have to get my wisdom teeth taken out. And um, so now I have this reservation, right? Cause I'm about mm-hmm. to get these Percocets or whatever they're going to give me. Yep. I mean, they were compacted. It was really bad. I'm going to dental school. I go to dental school. I tell them I'm an addict and I had told a bunch of people I had never been able to get through a reservation clean. So what happened, what it finally took is I told this dental place like hey i'm an addict like if i don't need them don't give me the percocets still setting up the reservation like but if i do yeah you know if you think i I, Uh, i'm gonna trust your judgment yeah 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 so how it went down was they gave me the nitrous they took my teeth out and this dude this dental student i wish i knew who he was he literally was like brian he's like that didn't really go that bad 
She's like, I could give you Motrin or I could give you the Vicodin. He's like, but I, I, I really don't think you need these Vicodin. And this dude challenged me in my recovery mm -hmm. and i was on the nitrous i was like all right man i, I was like you're good i was like i don't cool, need bro. <laughs> i was like good i, I was like <laughs> i don't need them and uh i literally felt i literally said no to drugs for the first time mm -hmm. in my whole i was 28 years old and for the first time high on nitrous i said no yeah, to drugs i was I, hey i had to Wait, do the nitrous you're not yeah. wah, wah, yeah. are yeah. you high on yeah nitrous? so i was on the nitrous <laughs> And I said no to the Vicodin. And then for the next three days, I was like so fired up. I was like, holy shit, I just said no to drugs. I come out into my-, my Dare works. I was, yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like Rocky, but I was like, came out to the lobby. My daughter was a little tiny baby. Wait a minute, I'm getting the time frame messed up because of you know all the brain receptors being fried. Oh, but yeah. anyway, oh, yeah, dude, so my, not my strong suit. That's right. Okay, I used up until the daughter was born, you know. Do you fabricate so many lies that you still get mixed up in them? Yep. But anyways, my daughter was there. Yes, yeah, right. She was born. So I come out and she's in her little car seat. And I'm like, yeah, I said no to drugs. I'm like all fired up. For the next three days, I was like, I got to go back there. And get <laughs> these like, I need those drugs. So yeah. I got through that clean uh -huh. and I have not used since. Fuck and it yeah. was because I got through a reservation and once I realized that I could say no to drugs, as stupid as that sounds, like, just say no. Yeah. Just remember to just say no. The same program that got me interested <laughs> in drugs, just say no. I said no to drugs for the first time in my whole life. Not just my adult life, like adult life. And like, I said no. And this light bulb went off. And I swear, thank God, like my desire to use drugs was lifted. It was so wild. And like, also, not to get off topic, I haven't even smoked a cigarette in ten, um in the end of Don't this fucking say anything. At the end of this summer, I will have not smoked a cigarette in ten years because Dude, now every five years, yeah. yeah. Dude, I got like ten years too. Every I time I think about a cigarette, I get nauseated because yeah. I associate it with getting my wisdom teeth taken out. Oh, oh did, did you get nice. did you get dry socket? I got um, dry yeah, socket. And I tried oh, to smoke a couple times. And like, so now because of this divine oh, experience, Dude, like I, I don't want to do drugs and I don't want to smoke cigarettes no more. And now it's been over 10 effing years. Dude, my mom did the same thing like with like the uh, doctor. She was like, he is a drug addict. Do not give him drugs. <laughs> and like I got dry socket and I was just like, oh my God. You it bitch. was like two weeks of like, I couldn't. Oh, that hurts oh, it's so awful. bad. It hurts so bad. It's like an undescribable pain. Yes, I've heard. All right. Oh. Well, we got some questions for you. And, and then I, real quick, I just want to share this too. Sorry. Um, so I, I saw, I get some clean time. I'm mm -hmm. done using, like I do the work. I finished my four step. I'm doing that work. Still working with the same sponsor, that same one that showed up. And, um, you know, I celebrated my first year and not after, not long after I celebrated my first year, my mom died of cancer. So mm. I share that because, you know, at my dad's funeral, I couldn't talk. I had nothing to say. Mm -hmm. And just in a short time, I was now a dad. Like, this is how everybody's miracle is different, but this is what my miracle was. Like, in just a year of doing what I'm supposed to be, like, mm -hmm. you know, staying clean yeah. and working, doing some work, a little bit of work, I was able to, like, show my mom that I was capable of being a dad. When my mom found out I was having a kid, she literally was like, Brian, you're going you're gonna to have to put it up for adoption. That actually kind of ignited something in me too, by the way. Like, oh, I was like, I adoption. I was like, I'd rather 
it's messed up to say. I was like, I'd rather the kid just not exist than put it up for adoption. Like, mm-hmm. that's how self-centered I was. But, like, my mom died right after I celebrated a year clean. And that experience of uh, burying my mom was completely different because of this yeah. program. I was able to do her eulogy. I, did, I didn't write it down. Like, it was, like, one of the most proudest moments in my life. And it was because of the confidence I got from this program. And, yeah. uh, and just a short time of, like a year clean i was a totally transformed person and the people at the funeral didn't even recognize who i was and the catholic priest was like you want to do confession i was like nope i don't need to because i just did a fourth and a fifth step with my sponsor so i don't got shit to tell you like my sister like ran into the room you know run excuse me runs into the room with him crying i'm like dude i got nothing to say to you I don't need to go in that creepy cubicle with you, bro. Like mm-hmm. I was starting to experience the freedom yeah, because I was doing a little bit of work. Oh yeah. And so today just to end it, like I'm a good dad. I got two daughters. I'm no longer with that um, person. It was, you know, it wasn't meant to be. That's okay. We have two awesome kids. Um, I'm now engaged. She has two kids. Um, I'm living this isn't everybody's miracle, but I'm living like I'm a productive member of society. I like have a good credit score. I pay my bills. I don't have anybody looking for me. I help people in and out of the rooms when I can. I have a dog, I have the cat, all that shit. And, um, my life, I'm living a really good life. And, um, I'm extremely grateful. And my life is, it's, it's hard, man. (laughs) It's hard. Like not having your parents in a big family and like raising children and like paying the daycare bill and like not having your only sister, but I don't have like a victim mentality about it. It's like, I'm just so grateful that I'm able to be a good dad and like, I don't have to pick, I don't have to use and I'm alive. So that's pretty much my story. Um, if anybody ever wants more, well, you guys have some questions. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so I'm going to go right to what you were just talking about, really like that, uh, saying no to the drugs for the first time. Cause in our first step and Eric and I have like talked about this for years, it's very, it's worded so well in our first step because it says we were powerless over our addiction and that were is so, is so well placed because once you, once you do say that first no once you really make that conscious decision you're really taking your power back so like how like thinking about it that way like how does that feel about how that trajectory it's very it's it's very empowering and because where people get caught up is i can i can tell you guys so many stories in 10 years where i've literally one example i was in um i was working Mm-hmm. And this guy, you, if anybody could have fell for this, this guy pulled a plate. I wasn't even ready. For, I didn't even know it was about to happen. And I was exhausted. I was working. I was doing these sales jobs. And like I was in this guy's house because he told me to come back. And this guy pulled a plate out from under the couch. And on the plate was white lines. And I'm talking about like I could have had a moment of weakness. I was tired of shit. I'm like, it's like nine o'clock at night. I'm in this weird dude's house. Mm-hmm. He pulled it out. I was like, no. I was like, no. I mm-hmm. literally said no. I don't, I don't need to please this guy. And yeah. I don't. Yeah. I was like, fuck no. I was like, I don't do that shit. Yeah. It's like, I literally, it's so empowering. That's just, I could give you guys so many examples of the situations I've, and I don't, 
put myself in these situations, but sometimes when you're doing in-home sales, you're, you know, oh, you know, people are bringing out the alcohol. Hey, yeah. want, you want a drink? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't care. I was with a guy and he told me, he said, Brian, when somebody offers you a drink, you take it. And whether you drink it or not, you, you got to at least pretend. I said, no. Yeah. I said, I don't fucking drink. Yeah. So yeah. if I want a drink, I'll ask him for a water. Yeah. If you want to drink an IPA with them, you can do that. I don't fucking drink. Yeah. So I'm not going to fake sip on a fucking beer to appease another, a customer. Yeah. So uh-huh. no, I've literally told customers multiple times because I'm in, in home sales. No, thank you. I don't drink. I also have to drive. Sometimes I'll tell my story and sometimes I won't. Mm-hmm. I don't need a reason to yeah. tell you no. Yeah. It's yeah. like a woman. Yeah. You want to have That's sex with me? That's a great lesson for anybody who's listening. Yes. No is a is complete it? sentence. No is, is a complete yeah. sentence. And sometimes I'll share, depending on that personal level I have with the person, I'll share. What, and, and sometimes I make people feel bad, not on purpose. Because it like, like, no, dude. dude Eric, I, Eric, <laughs> Eric has done that with his family. Like yeah, he's talking about that. Like, yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm probably going to like go shoot uh, dope. No, <laughs> yeah. I, no, I'll do it to really like. So I used to go to Ravens games and people would like offer me shots. Um, and they, you know, they're all drunk, like older dudes. And they're just like, oh, wait, like you're a pussy. You're not going to take a yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, oh, no, dude, just that shot. Like, I mean, we're at what? We're, yeah, I guess we're. We're at G lot, so like, how long is it going to take me to like get to like? Yeah, you want to <laughs> from here? You want to go like, do some heroin you know? after this? What you're like, a pussy? I, I you don't want to do some heroin? Like, I don't know. I'd, I I would prefer a speedball after two of these. You know, if you're just asking me, like yeah. dope and coke. Like, yeah, what's just up? put it right back on them. Be like, yeah, you don't want. It go freaks get some people crack out. It's kind of hilarious. It does. Um, I'll tell you who gets freaked out. I went to Jamaica. They're like, you drinking mine? I'm like, no, I don't drink. <laughs> they literally, all of them, they go, what's wrong? Yeah. What's wrong, man? Yeah. I'm like, I don't fucking drink. They literally think you're weird. They think you're like a yeah. negative oh, yeah. weird spirit or some shit. I'm well, like, that's because you're like the people spirit. that don't drink are like the extreme Christian, like what Amish people don't drink. Yeah. The, yeah. the Mormons. I don't think they have I've Amish, Amish people in drink, Jamaica. By the way. <laughs> well, they have. Um, oh, my God. Can you rum... imagine a Jamaican Amish person, though? <laughs> what was it called? Uh, rum Sputin or whatever? Rum Springer. Yeah. The Amish people do drink I've i seen wanted it. to oh, hang yeah. out with okay. them so okay. bad during that time i didn't like i just yeah wasn't you still have the you chance. still it's yeah, right up in lancaster yeah, dude. Right. you're not far away you still have the chance go take Eric. your that dream is not dead yeah. yes yeah, right that'll your be your i'm too old yeah you, know, you could so. not, you could probably pull an amish beard an amish beard might look good on you I could pull it oh off. Oh my god, no. The, right, like now. just chin strap. Yeah. Um, I used to, that was like high school, chin strap. Yeah, they're not allowed yeah. to have mustaches. <laughs> really? Yeah. Amish people, I don't know. That's we need to look into why. I yeah. Um I I don't know. I should have wrote something down. Um That's why I gave you a notepad. Oh, fuck off, David. I'm not perfect <laughs> like you. Um I don't know. <laughs> That's I, true. I just I, I I guess because maybe like I feel like I've seen the the journey right. It's like it's cool to like watch people um, in and out of the rooms. But uh, so when you did finally make it to that fourth step, was there like anything that you were like, oh fuck, I don't want to look at this. I don't want to like talk about this. Like I'm hmm. not ready to address whatever. Or like was it as scary as you thought it would be? The thing about the fourth step, and I will agree with people, they're like, they're, they're like it's really not a big deal. It's really not. Yeah. But the problem with the fourth step for me was, yeah, I didn't want to look. I They're like, well, you already did it. You already lived it. You're already thinking about it. So that's true. But there is something to be said about when you're digging into it because it does make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh-huh. Shame and guilt. And when real. you're not, you know, so, I, I just, and the truth was also maybe it's just like, you know, all right, maybe I, I like the, I, what, what it is is we like the idea 
man, he's got 10 years. He's doing all these things. Like, it sounds good. But when it's like working out. Well, yeah, I want to have muscles and shit. But then you got to do the work. And then it's like, eh, but I really don't want to do the work. Yeah. But it did become to a point, like you said, where it was just like straight necessity. Where if I don't do this shit, I got nothing. I had my, it was, I had to do it or I was going to die. Literally. Like my last run wasn't my worst run. But it was about to be the last one. There was going to be no coming back from that run because of not be of being a deadbeat dad on top yeah. of all this other shit. Yeah. And I'm not saying if you're a deadbeat dad, you can't get it. I'm just talking about for me, I just knew that it was going to be my last run. And I think I had just a little ounce of care that I didn't actually really want to die just yet. But I knew if I kept on that path, it was going to be my last run. One other thing that I don't like about the four step is... The way it's written is it I feel like we focus so much on the negative. Yeah. But if you read it, it's actually a moral inventory. So what my mm-hmm. suggestion for people and sponsors and different people doing this work is first of all, maybe they should just redesign the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. If, because mm-hmm. it's so easy to focus on all the negatives, yeah. but there's actually a portion That's where you're awesome. supposed to write about the positive. But yeah. if you go back to your four step, which I won't, because I luckily Tim told me to burn that shit. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> burn that. He said, you can burn this. I said, are you sure? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, when I burn that four step, some people refer back to it. It was just shit. green flame. It, it, it was just was. crazy. It literally was. It was like smoking a joint out of Bible paper. It always catches on fire. <laughs> See, Eric, it is a thing. It is a it thing. It is a thing. There's blank it pages just for it. Yes. Come that on. Anybody who's listening, don't smoke Do the Bible paper. Do not smoke Bible paper. Don't smoke the Bible paper. Is it? Oh my god! I don't know. I just made well, that. Maybe it's toxic there's, with the, the saving it, grace. Like Jesus. Jesus. No, there's blank pages. <laughs> some Jesus. There's blank pages in there to roll doobies with. No, yeah, you've smoked. I've smoked Bible paper. But what was? Oh, so my suggestion is we gotta write the good stuff too. Yeah. And there's actually they call it the scales, and yeah. I I picked up on this somewhere else. Um, I only do NA, by the way, but there's another place where they say you gotta keep the scales balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you go back and look at your four step. <laughs> the negative is far superior to yeah. the positive. So yeah. my suggestion is you got to write some positive shit about yourself, yeah, man. And we don't do that. Yeah, we don't. And shit. that's how you, because if you don't, you're going to be in this negative space of like, look at all the shit, dude. I'm a, yeah. such a loser. Mm-hmm. Bang, bang, bang. Next thing yeah. you know, you're smoking, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's my suggestion for the fourth step. Yeah. And also finish it. Yes. Right. Yeah. Most <laughs> Even if you can't read your own handwriting because yep. you're so messed up, just write it. Yep. yep. Yeah, most important. The only way to do it. It's a written step. All right. Um, bu- bu- bum. What question am I going to ask? All right. So you talked about um, when you were a kid, uh, like growing up, never feeling a part of and just sort of feeling out of place. Um, how in recovery have you learned to like accept yourself and like find your place? Well, NA is definitely my home. Um, but I could also see I could also um, see how very, it's like very difficult there too because it's like you come into this program and it's like oh I don't belong you you just feel like you don't belong anywhere mm-hmm. the only place you feel like you belong is with the people who are lying cheating stealing using buying and selling drugs that's like how low we are is like you think that's all you got so you come to this program and it's like oh these people don't care about me and I just had to sit through it man just had to go to meetings and just you know come to find out these are my people you know like like you said why well the wrestlers drink too like everybody in this program we're all different and many and varied so come to find out like 
after really doing some work, like I can get along with just about any, like I can really identify and relate and connect with so many different people of so many different races and Mm -hmm. different things. So Mm -hmm. the best thing I could suggest for that is you just got to get uncomfortable and just meet. You don't have to have a whole bunch of friends, but you just got to get a few good friends, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's somebody for you. Yeah. Find one and go from there. There's somebody for you here. Mm -hmm. Trust me. Uh Absolutely. Um, so, you know, you shared about losing your mom, like after you celebrated a year, I feel like as far as reservations go, that Mm -hmm. is like high for a lot of people, you know, because that is like a high, that's an, that's an emotional thing to go through. Um, especially that early on in recovery, um, you know, was that one of the reservations that you had? I mean, like, was that what... I'm not a literature dumper, but it's actually written in the, I believe it's written in the first step that losing your parents yeah. or a loved yeah. one is actually the top of the list for reservations. Yeah. So I truly believe like the whole wisdom tooth, the experience of me saying no, that happened before my mom died. So that prepared me. And that's why I really, it's not hard for me to get with a higher power. Like the everything has been, always has and like I truly believe that everything has been working in my favor, my whole the whole even in the ups and downs, everything comes full circle to that prepared me to be able to get through that clean. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if it happened any other way, maybe I wouldn't have been able to get through my mom. I might not have been able to had I not had that wisdom tooth experience, and you know, like. I don't know. It's just so wild how everything works. And like the way I said, everything is and always has been working for my good. I can easily change that perception and I can switch it back to nothing is working for my good. Nothing is going the way it's supposed to. That's how powerful our minds and like what we Mm -hmm. believe is like, I have enough evidence to show me. And that's why it's not hard for me to get with like a God or a higher power. Like my best thinking doesn't get me where I'm at today. It gets me into some bad places. So um, getting through my mom's death and not being, and not using has even made my recovery even stronger because it's like, wow, now, so now from the wisdom teeth to my mom, I have all these hard won experiences under my belt of reasons I could have picked up and I haven't because I just know it's not gonna make anything better. Mm -hmm. They'll break up, you know, they say relationships, can be a painful area that could be with a coworker, your friend you're going to get betrayed by people mm-hmm. these you got these sponsors that are sleeping with their sponsees you know you're mm-hmm. gonna, you people are going to do some messed up shit mm-hmm. but for and i have a whole list of excuses why i could have picked up but i have a whole list of reasons why i didn't and my life has profoundly gotten better because of those choices yeah. and and i'm also able to now tell people like yo your mom's gonna die yeah. And you don't have to use about it. it. It's yeah. not going to bring her back. It's not going to make you feel any better. You're going to feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a guy that struggled with that. He reached out to me. He's dead now. Mm. Because, and I'm not, you know, yeah. he yeah. he wasn't able to figure this shit out. Like, yeah. it, it sucks. He, yeah. he died. His mom died. He used after that. I'm so afraid to use because I know it's going to tarnish the story that I'm able to share with people. Of Like, you don't have to pick up no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes me not want to use that much more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, 
How has your addiction manifested itself in recovery? Oh man, we can't talk about it. It's so embarrassing because it's so yeah, like oh Ooh, do you have something, Allie? Yeah, I yeah, pick one. I have a plethora. Listen, I don't want to be your crystal collection. Oh, it's extensive. I sell them now and I'm my own best customer. Wouldn't you imagine that? You sell crystals? Yeah. Never get high on your own supply. Did you learn nothing? Listen to Biggie again. Yeah, I should. I the ten crack commandments. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, totally. yeah, that's words to live by. But anyway, yeah. How is your addiction manifested? <laughs> Unfortunately, my um addiction has not manifested in any healthy yeah. uh, like Barely does. hobbies or like <laughs> yeah. you know, people are like going fishing. Yeah. Like I need the a hobby. Yeah, right? like the gym. I have been working out regularly. <laughs> yeah. It's that's been a process. Um because I've been wanting to do that for 10 years. I can tell, dude. That neck is thick, bro. One of my... Yeah, I know. Because my form is so bad. Like, all, all the... I'm just lifting with all neck. Of my, yeah. yeah, instead of my chest... All shoulders. Of, yeah, instead of my all chest shoulders. developing, my neck is the... They're like, dude, you're doing... Ar- your arms are good. It's like, no. It's because I don't... Yeah. I have bad form. So, like, instead of my chest growing, my arms are growing. But, um, no. Yeah, but... One uh, instead of my addiction manifesting, sometimes it's like procrastination and like oh, lazy. Yeah. But my sales job has definitely helped me. That keeps me. That's addiction because I'm like constantly mm-hmm. working, and mm-hmm. it's not that I'm chasing money. It's just it's high demand. So it's like you, it's it's you're. I am help. These people need me, mm-hmm. and if I don't go work my ass off, I'm not serving the customer. They're, I sell air conditioners, so they're like stuck with no heat, no air. Oh, yeah. Um, so that has manifested and I, you know, this is recorded and it's embarrassing, but I know I'm not alone, but sex and uh, porn yeah. is yeah. definitely oh, yeah. yep. like, I'll say something funny. Men, I, dude, listen. us men, we need to talk about yeah, that Yeah, let's shit. talk about it. Oh, and yeah. if you're a woman, please put no, your earmuffs on. No, if women you're a woman, too. women do yeah, it too. Yeah, do it too. Yeah, it's not, we are not fucking exempt. But I want to share something. It's yeah. really embarrassing, but. First off, don't ever look at I don't want to hear about your foot. I'll share something really funny and embarrassing, but it it might make somebody laugh, but like. I had 21 days clean on oh, off of porn. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, had, yeah. right. And then I jerked and off then, for 12 hours straight. And then straight. I beat off for, you know, then I jerked <laughs> off 21 times after. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I say time. that, like, being funny, but it's like somebody that's going to hear this shit or I talk to other people, I'm not alone. Yeah, and it no. does need to be talked about. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is like, this isn't causing any trouble in my life. It's and, still escapism. And people that I'm dating, yeah. the people that I'm dating, they don't have a problem with it because for some men, it is a problem. They're like, you know, their wife and girlfriend don't like that. Yeah. I've never been with a woman that said, oh, you can't do that. That's like cheating or whatever mm-hmm. their their thing is. Like, So that hasn't helped. But then I just start realizing, I'm like, dude, what? Like, why? I've been, this has been going on for so long. This Maybe something ain't right. This is getting... Mm-hmm. I should probably chill out. Like, so I embark on like stopping Mm -hmm. and it's just so relatable to all this stuff. But thank God I don't have to pick up in my mind. I'm like, I got to pick up a white key tag, but luckily I don't, (laughs) (laughs) but, but yeah, that's how it manifests. White key tags a little sticky. Like it is a problem. Am I in the right Uh, fellowship? And like, for me, it is a problem. I'll be honest, because what it is, is it's like doing something with your brain receptors and relief in certain endorphins. It's It's literally killing. Yeah. It's it's killing your pleasure centers. It's killing my creativity. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's allowing me to not think about things that maybe I want to do. Like, you know, I don't want to go fishing or some shit, but like, yeah. I'm not doing anything 
Like, I don't have I any cool to, hobbies. Yeah, am I going to go change my oil or my... Hey, yeah, gonna, it's like I'll killing jerk, my I'll creativity. Off, I'll jerk off. And then after, after that, then I'll change it's oil. It's draining and my it energy. Happens. Yeah, it's draining my energy. Yep. It's probably manifesting into my sexual relationship with the woman that I love. Like, it's yeah. just not really serving me to... I, I, there's some work to be done there. Yeah. You know, more will be revealed. Oh yeah. yeah. I know I'm not alone, so don't judge me. Okay. No, nobody's no. no ju- this no, is a judgment-free no, zone. Yeah. What you got? Um. Are you still like? Um. I mean, I know after the pandemic, I feel like my meeting attendance was like low. Yeah. Um. You know, like my uh commitments were like nil. Yeah. Um. You know, so how did that like affect you and your recovery? Because we came in around the same time. So yeah. like, I feel like uh, you know, how did the pandemic affect? This is a great topic. Um. The how it worked for me was I got on the Zoom meetings. And I was actually uh, uh, really enjoying them because I was able to dial. I was like seeing people that I've met over the years, like on the West Coast and different things. I was also working at sales jobs. So it worked good for me because I'm like, wow, I can hit the Zoom meeting while I'm working. Um, my meeting attendance, I'll be honest. my It says those who attend meetings regularly, regularly stay clean. Definitely. It doesn't say those who go to meetings every, every day, day stay clean. Yep. So if you're new, do 90 meetings in 90 days. For me, I do a couple a week, but yep. I, I will share this. I have been on a couple Zooms this past week. I'm going to go to my home group this Sunday. So, and I went to an in-person last night. Mm-hmm. So what's beautiful is you can change your you can change your regular at any given time. Mm-hmm. There's going to be times in your recovery where you got to go to 90 meetings in 90 days with 10 years clean because something happened. It's We're so fortunate yeah. to have this program. The thing I don't like about Zoom is I feel like a lot of our predecessors are hiding on the screen and there's people that are in the in-person meetings that need those people and they're not there because the same way that I'm addicted to the, you know, PH, they're like on the Zoom meeting and they come to find out they don't have to leave their house. These older people and predecessors Mm -hmm. are addicted to Zoom meetings, so they don't leave the house. They don't go to Mm in-person meetings. The nooners closed. There's all all these in-person meetings are closing. Yes, oh yeah. St. Bart's is closed. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Bart's is gone. So I just wish that we could find like a happy medium of like, let's keep these in-person meetings going, but let's still do the Zoom. But the problem is, is the Zoom is also killing the in-person meetings. Yeah. which is I'm killing a, the newcomer. Yeah, but I'm yeah. also meeting people, but we don't know because there's no real data, but there's a possibility, just a possibility that the Zoom meetings are saving more people than the in-person meeting because it's be able to reach more people. Mm-hmm. And I have seen a lot of people on these meetings like getting clean on the screen as they call it. Yeah. So I'm cool. I haven't heard that. That's oh, clean yeah. on the clean screen, on the baby. Screen. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 But but we're in a program where we need to, you know, they say the hug where you can't hug anybody on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever, man, thank God. (laughs) Thank God I can do, I do both. I'll do whatever I got to do. They're gonna do. We're gonna have VR meetings soon. Yeah, yeah why not? That'd be yeah, cool. you could do it right now. You could be in the metaverse. You guys got the studio. Get the little grabbers. Like, here, give me a hug, Allie. Oh my god, that sounds horrible. But I mean, it did. Like, I think it did change the NA that like I got clean in. I don't think I would have been able to get clean in this NA. Yeah, I got a sponsee who did. He never did a 90 and 90, and that's why I'm saying this is not a one-size-fits-all program. program. So yeah. just stop the excuses. Just don't – and just in addition to saying no, just don't pick up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no matter what. All right. My last question. Uh, you got to pick one. What is your favorite step? The first. 
The first step. Wow. There's only one step you need to work perfectly. The first step, which is I, uh, you know, but there's there's going to be times where you're not. Listen, you do all the rest of them, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to always be praying and meditating. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to always be helping somebody. Yeah. You're not always going to be doing a written inventory. Mm-hmm. The first step is just don't you don't pick up. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been many times where I've been in relapse mode. But I just didn't go to the yep. – the picking up is the end result of the relapse. Relapse mm-hmm. is a process. So for me, the only step I work perfectly is the first step. And I will also say big part of the, my first step is Narcotics Anonymous for me is what works for me. I'm not willing to um, – you know, people are leaving. They're doing other things. They're seemingly living an okay life. Mm-hmm. But for me, I have enough evidence and research development to show me that this is the only thing that works for me. Yeah. And maybe there is something else that would work. I'm just not willing to find out what it is because I'm, I don't want to fucking It's chance. like that uh, yeah. game show. I'm not rolling those I don't want to get zonked. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to get zonked. I don't want to know yes. what's behind the curtain. I yeah. like what's behind door number one. <laughs> yeah. So yes. you guys can go yep. behind That is door. a great, uh, let's Listen. make a deal analogy with recovery. Yeah. I like what is this program has done for me. This, light, this program. That's the title, Eric. I like what's behind door number one. Yeah. Door number one because this is my life is great, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to find out. But it out. could be a car. <laughs> Fuck your car, bro. <laughs> hey, what's that guy's name that hosts that show? Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady Wayne is Brady. creepy. Hey, Wayne, you can keep that yeah, keep freaking thing. Car, dude. I like what's behind door number one. I'm not willing to find out what's behind door number yeah. two. Dude, but I can yeah. tell you what's behind door number two. I know. Yeah. Jails, institutions, and near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to get slow walked and just live a mediocre life until you die. Yeah. Yeah. Funny story, I watched an episode of Let's Make a Deal where these people from Florida won a trip to Florida. (laughs) They're like, cool, great, this is my door number one. That sucks. (laughs) I'd be like, can I take the zonk instead? All right. Well, uh, we are out of time, but we would like to thank our guest, Brian, for joining us today. Great job, man. And uh, we'd like to give you one last minute. Talk to anybody out there who's struggling, needs to hear that message of hope. What do you have to say directly to them? Man, if whatever you're going through, just don't give up. I don't want to be, I'm not trying to be like a motivational speaker, but everybody's going through stuff, man. Like this drugs and alcohol. If you're even listening to this, there's a problem. That's a strong indicator that drugs and alcohol have had a negative impact on your life. So if you're anybody like me, I have lost my right and privilege to use drugs and alcohol so the lie it's over bro like i my life is so much better i don't need to use drugs and alcohol to get high like celebrating clean time and helping other people and watching my kids like grow up like it's a high you cannot buy as they say Mm -hmm. so if you're struggling or you and i've seen people in their 60s getting clean like it's not too late it doesn't matter if you're old or young man it's not too late you're not too young to get clean you're not too old to get clean like just throw in the towel and just stop it's time to grow up man it's not a good look weed is stupid alcohol is stupid it's cool for people some people for me it's not i'm just i'm over it i'm so glad i don't want to use and uh my life is great today that's it fantastic all right 
We would like to thank everybody for joining us and tuning in uh, here at Podcast Recovery. We are aiming to expand the scope of support for recovering addicts. Accessibility and convenience of helpful services is paramount to combating addiction. We work to bring the message of recovery to every addict, wherever and whenever it is needed. We believe that a powerful voice of recovery should be obtainable, practical, and at the touch of a button. Every addict deserves to hear a message of hope, and Podcast Recovery is here to provide it. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Go to all our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, like, share, subscribe. Uh, we need help keeping the mics on, so please help us with uh, you know, the Patreon and become a home group member. For more information about us, go to podcastrecovery.com. But most importantly, everybody out there, Allie. Stay safe and stay clean.